0: What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to The Power Play. And on today's episode, I am joined by Joe Tomaselli. What's up, man? What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing well, dude. First of all, thank you so much for coming on the show. I was just bullshitting with you before this, saying uh, how you're Italian, how we're going to get along. But dude, I love having you. It's going to be awesome. I uh, I reached out. Um, I actually happened to find you a while back, probably uh, a year or so ago, through uh, Ray Vance.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh,
0: We grew up together. Oh really?
1: Yeah, I didn't know that. I saw you do some work for him. You designed his merchandise, didn't you, for Lazy Boy? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, we did that on some straight like homie shit though, because we we grew up together. Like we're from the same town. He lives like two minutes from my parents' house. Um, wow. He lives somewhere else now, but yeah, we grew we went to the same school together. We played sports together. Anyone uh, tell you you kind of look you and Ray kind of look alike?
0: What was that? You and Ray kind of look. I think it's the glasses.
1: You know what's funny is, um, Dylan Reese was saying that same thing. Like I'd never really? met Dylan, and he was performing a show in Brooklyn, and Ray and his girlfriend went down there, and so they invited me, and and Dylan just like during his show, was just like you guys look exactly the same.
0: You do. I I because I I mean I've seen you on Instagram of course, and I've uh, gotten pretty close with Ray over the past year and a half or so, and um, we were just uh, you know I've had him on the show twice, and I saw him like dude you, can't, you kind of look like ray but to, that's funny to he's got way better hair.
1: hair
0: a little bit it's kind of messy dude i told him he's got to cut it well I look told him I'm he's got it so shout out to ray, no ray to speak.
1: You. <laughs> oh you have no hair right yeah no mine mine's gone It's fine. <laughs> fine. fine that's fine
0: but uh dude to start shit off here man um let's talk about you a little bit you are an artist Yes, I've seen some of your work. It's it's impressive. It's good. It's really good. Um,
1: now, are you more uh, hand drawn or all your stuffs uh, digital? Um, you know, it's it's funny. Like the digital stuff is recent. Like within the last two years, I'd say I started off strictly like pencil paper, uh, some pen and paper, and then it's kind of just like evolved over the years. Um, I started messing with like paint. Then I started messing with graffiti, screen printing tattooing and then it was kind of just like you know this shit's kind of messy and living in new york you don't have a ton of space you basically live in a shoebox. so i was like let me try this digital stuff and you know if you make a mistake you just undo it it's like a non-issue um so that's how i got in i got an ipad got the pencil and then just kind of started teaching myself from there how old were you got into art really oof I I want to say day one, pretty much. My mom, so my mom was, um, she started off as a model and she's always been artistic as well. And so she could always draw and she painted my room with like an underwater, like aquatic scene with all these animals and crazy stuff. And she let me paint the inside of my closet and I just scribbled on it. But she's like, oh, you at the time told me it was like a shark. I
0: was like, okay. Right, right.
1: But yeah, like from there on, I, it was I was always drawing in school and kids would like join me in drawing. And like, it was like a huge thing. Like everybody was kind of drawing in elementary school, middle school. Like I said,
0: dude, a second, it, you're, you're good. Like you're really, I mean, you know, I, I like to consider myself kind of an artist too, but in a different way, you know, I can draw little things, nothing, nothing like you, that's for damn sure. But, um, it's hard, bro. And I, uh, I have a passion for drawing to a point, you know, it might not be the best, but it's, you know, it. You know, like, like your mom said, it was a shark. You know, I might, I might be drawing a fish and it might look like a, you know, beluga whale. I don't know. But Absolutely. Hey, hey. so, it's open,
1: open interpretation. Exactly. Man.
0: Exactly. But uh, yeah, so um, you're an artist, dude. And like what you got, like, it's good. And I saw you, uh, like I said, a mention ago, you collaborated with uh, Ray Vance. Have you collaborated with anybody, you know, anybody else other than musicians?
1: I have. I'm I'm missing his name. He's friends with um Chris Webby. Uh, It starts with a J. I I think, was it Jitta? I think? Or something like that. One of those guys, he he wanted something for, like, uh, one of his songs was about smoking, like, cigarettes or something like that. So I did something for him. uh, But nothing ever came of that. Um, And then there's another artist in Canada, uh, Paddy. He makes, like, five uh, music. Uh, Mm -hmm. I did something for him. Um, Yeah, but not a whole lot. Like, I don't. I I wouldn't say I'm really in the space like that. Like, I'm kind of quiet, kind of keep to myself. I do a lot of self-sabotaging as well. So, you know, sometimes if people ask for stuff, I'll just say, like, I can't just out of some, like, disbelief type shit and, like, nerves. So where do you want to take this? Oh, man, great question. It's a great question because so when I started getting into books and, you know, you start reading about, like, make a list of all the things you want to do and uh you know like what's your highest goal and one of mine was like oh i want to be in apartments i want to be in like hotels i think that'd be sick yeah and that was of course such like a shot in the dark such a reach of a goal but it it ironically ended up happening um because i had a friend who works for a company who puts like new up-and-coming artists in new developments so i had my artwork put in a brand new development in boston and that was just like nice. mind-blowing to me um So, like, to a degree, I, I, like, hit that goal, so I'm kind of, like, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of just doing this for fun. (laughs) Right. Wherever you go, you go. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I think I would like to start doing prints, um, like, physical prints, because a lot of the time, especially with the digital stuff or even the physical stuff, it's it's big, it's clunky, and if it's one of one, it's super expensive, so... You know, I think Prince makes it more accessible. So I want to do like an online site, do Prince. So now you have uh, you have an OpenSea. Tell me a bit about that. Oh, man. Uh, The whole conversation of an NFT is just like such a journey of a conversation, um, which I would love to get into. But ultimately, it started as a joke because so I have a buddy who's super into crypto and the NFT space, and he was telling me how like a literal squiggle sold for like two point four million dollars. What the fuck? Yeah. So I was <laughs> just like, there's like, this is a joke. Like, this is actual clown shit. So, yeah. as a joke, I was just like, I'm going to make NFT buttholes and sell them. Like, butts. I'm just going to sell butts. And so I like take myself very serious. If I say a, a weird goal, like, I'm going to do it. And so I, I ended up making 30 buttholes and posted them to the NFT space, uh, OpenSea. And then I was like, well, what am I doing? Like, I actually have real art, too. So I should upload all that stuff as well. Um, so I have, like, two sea pages. One is for balloon knots, which is the butts. And then I have the other one with, like, my real art. And, you know, it's been cool to just put it up there. But, I, you know, I kind of struggle with the whole NFT space in itself because yeah. for the most part, art is, like, a physical thing. And we live in a physical world so it's kind of weird to transition that into the digital space Um, and like at the end of the day you could just like rip the screenshot if you really wanted it yeah and you know like at the core of what an nft is it's non-fungible which essentially is just um, like the digital explanation of uh like a verification uh sheet or whatever you, authentication. So it's basically, like, at the core, this whole NFT thing is strictly about ownership, and it's about having the authentication slip. So it kind of then begs the question of, like, where are we going as a society? Like, are we transitioning into, like, a less physical world? And it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, uh, Ready Player. I have. I was just thinking about it. I always think of that when I think of NFTs, because it, it's, it's basically that, like, it's going to get to the point where, you know, land is a, a limited asset, or right. whatever you want to call it, a yeah. resource. So it's going to get to the point where people are going to be truly living in shoe boxes. But if you have a headset and like a little running pad or whatever, then in your mind, you know, like, your external world appears to be so much bigger, wider, vivid, more colorful, than your actual circumstances in are. So I think that's like super, super interesting. Yeah, no, it is most definitely. You know, I have mixed
0: feelings about NFTs. I happen to own two. Uh, one, one I bought, um, I forgot the name of the site. It's here on my laptop. I, I have it, you know, bookmarked or whatever. But um, oh, I'm sorry, Immersive Entertainment. That's what it is. And they uh, collab with a few artists. They collab with Tori Lane's and I believe they collab with Chris Brown, notable ones for me. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I bought um, Tory Lanez NFT albums, and you know I'm not a huge Tory Lanez fan. I like Tory Lanez, it's Tory Lanez, you know, but um, I'm bought- a huge Tory
1: Lanez. Fan. <laughs> really, really, I
0: like him. Yeah. I like him. You know, I-, I listen to his stuff, but it's not like, oh my god, Tory. Lanez. You know, I like him. It's yeah, not- yeah,
1: of course. You
0: know? But um, I happened to buy seven of his NFTs because he was blowing them up, and I believe he was one of, if not the first, artist to do an NFT album. So he sold them all for a dollar, and I think he had like a million of them. So the dude ended up pocketing like a million dollars in NFTs, whatever the case may be. He made right. some money off of them, and uh, he hyped it up. He's like, Well, if I could make money, then you could too. I was like, You know what? You know, it's Troy Lane's, so get, you know, let's see where this goes. Yeah, for a dollar, right? Like, right, exactly. Well. For yeah, and I bought seven of them and <laughs> tried to sell them, and they haven't gone anywhere. really Really? like dude nowhere and the everyone's were hyping them up in the comment section like i'm going to sell these for fifty thousand, they they're going to go fit nothing less than 50k i was like no perfect people actually on board this none of them sold i was like well
1: choked if i sold this for two (laughs) dollars
0: exactly exactly make some profit back exactly (laughs) But, but yeah i was you know i have mixed feelings about them and then i ended up getting this one on uh thanksgiving macy's was giving out a bunch they gave out uh Nine thousand of them. It was uh, for Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and somehow I happened to get my hands on one. Oh wow! Sitting in uh, wherever on whatever NFT space and on the computer here, but like, dude, I have I have mixed feelings about them too. You know, I don't know. You know, I because I I really could see them being the future, but then I could also see them being a fad, and I I see people taking advantage of them now. Like you know, you got uh, a a few buddies of mine, um, are in the luminosity, Alan Owens and Bobby uh, Souls. Shout out to them, mm-hmm. but uh. They um, started their own, uh, I think it was called a Hype Yeti. You know, they started their own NFTs and they had to stop it for some reason. I don't know why. I just think something, something happened. I'm not quite sure. but um, Oh, shoot. Yeah, so, like, people are taking this, but dude, honestly, it's a, it's a game, man. That's the next thing I actually wanted to ask you. Are you invested
1: or involved in any of that? Um, I'm invested in Bitcoin and Ethereum because you have to be with, um, like, the NFT stuff. Um, I've tried throwing some money in, like, the random coins, but I don't really understand them as much as, like, uh, my friend who's, like, super into this stuff. But I think what's interesting with some of these coins – well, first of all, it's, like, we as humans attribute value to the things that we want to attribute value to. So it's, like, in reality, none of this stuff has value, but we say it does, therefore it does. Right. And – so people who are like, oh, Dogecoin is a shit coin. It's like, yeah, you're correct because it has like no utility, which essentially means like there's no benefits to owning it aside from just owning it and reaping the rewards of the gain. Um, but you can still make money on Doge. If you buy in Doge at five cents and then it goes up to a dollar, you can take that profit. Like mm-hmm. that's a very real profit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it. At the core, all this crypto and NFT stuff is interesting because it's like we are attributing value to it. And it kind of just goes back to, like, the beginning of time of what we even attributed value to to determine, you know, that's what we're going to base our dollar off of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We were out. Not we because we weren't alive. But, like, as a society, people were using wooden beads and shells. And then there was, like, an exchange. And then... They just settled on gold because it was hard to find, but it's also a clunky big metal and it's hard to pass around. So then we, we use the dollar to represent that gold. And then I think what, in like the thirties, we started waning off the gold standard. And then in the seventies, we're like completely off the gold standard. So technically the dollar you have in your pocket right now is not worth that dollar. Mm -hmm. Like, we're just, like, hyperinflating our economy. And I think that's why crypto is so important because it's decentralized, like, first and foremost. So, you can't just print more of it to devalue it. So, give me your uh, give me your ideas and thoughts on this, you know, because, I mean,
0: I have mixed emotions about crypto and all that kind of stuff just because I'm not educated as much as some of the people are. You know, I know what it is. I'm sure. Feeling- that you know i've i've scratched a service with it but give me your thoughts and ideas on it can you see this taking over the game can you see this taking over because i know i know a lot of people um like i'm on coinbase and i hear people talking like oh you know money's money's old you know this this is the new new this is this crypto so tell me about it a bit
1: what, what are your perspectives on it sure i mean it's super interesting to say that even you're kind of on the fence because um, i think you're like what 20 right yeah 20 yeah so you're nine years younger than me and I, I don't know, I feel like your generation's, like, super on board with everything new. Like, you guys are super open-minded. Um, like, obviously, you guys are the future. And then the generations uh, before, no, after you are also going to be the future as well. Unfortunately. <laughs> I know, it's, like, scary, but it's also, like, progressive at the same time. Right. um Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, like, my generation is, like, kind of on the fence but even like the older generations are just like super kind of disillusioned to like what's really going on. Unless like, they don't, they don't want to acknowledge that like we attribute value to things. Like they right. really, in their heart of hearts, believe like the dollar is like the almighty dollar. And for right now, yeah, it is. It's like how we price um, oil and all that. So it's like yes, the the dollar is still very powerful. But you know. They don't want to acknowledge that we've been off the gold standard. So their money is not really tied to anything. And this economy can bubble up at belly up at any moment. And even, you know, what's interesting about cryptocurrency, too, is that it it feels. It doesn't feel like somebody's like behind the curtain, like pulling strings. Like, I'm sure you remember what happened with Robin Hood. Like, what was it a year ago? With yep. the the stock market and um, mm-hmm. like GameStop, yeah, it was just like they had people that were invested in it and were gonna lose a lot of money, so they had to shut down the site, which is like has to be illegal, like you're tampering with the the stock market to to work in your favor, like that has to be illegal. I don't know what the logistics of that, but it's like they had other investors that were going to lose money and they couldn't allow those investors to lose that money so they shut down a platform and stopped the people like me and you from making money because it was hurting billionaires so it's just like that's kind of scuzzy you know so I think cryptocurrency is kind of like the the new economy of like starting fresh and kind of patching up some of the loopholes or you know, air holes that are in the old economy. Like you have mm-hmm. the blockchain, like people need to approve your transactions. Um, you can't just print more money. Like there's 21 million coins, I think. And like, there's not going to be more. So the value isn't going to like be inflated. Essentially. Right. That's definitely,
0: let's, uh let's switch back to the physical world of things. We'll talk about NFTs more in a second here, but. I saw you are big into, you know, self-learning and science. you read a lot. I, uh, like I told you earlier, I, um, I like to stalk my, uh, not to sound like a weirdo, but I stalked <laughs> before, uh, before we have interviews here. You know, I look at your stories, I look at your the way you were, things, so Maybe I can, you know, come up with a question and be like, Oh shit. You know, I want, I want to ask him about that. No, but I saw you, uh, you posted about some books and, um, you know, you said, well, stock market basically fucked me over, uh, time to read and self-learned. What, what are your thoughts? Like, what's your, uh, what's your go-to book? You know, when did you find reading and give me, give me a rundown of what you read and such and how you educate yourself. That's a
1: fantastic question. Cause I was actually listening to a couple of year old podcast and you were saying like, you were never a reader, you hated it. And then like one day <laughs> it just kind of clicked for you. And I like, I identified with that like a hundred percent. That was basically my story. Um, I was unemployed twice and by like willingly unemployed. Um, I just like was in super abusive jobs and just needed a break. I needed to actually just like mentally heal from these abusive workplaces. And I just like kind of had a moment of like what I was doing just wasn't working for me, whatever that kind of means. And I just was thinking like what I could be doing with my time, and like how i could educate myself because i feel like there's things that like the schooling system doesn't really teach you about or talk about um they kind of teach you like the math the history but they don't teach you like how to think positively they don't tell you how to like monitor your thoughts they don't tell you like how to invest properly like you know so you kind of have to take that upon yourself and so i just had this moment of like you know i'm gonna put my my foot on the neck of the world and just like kind of take control and and learn what I need to learn. And so I think the first book I got into was The Law of Attraction. Mm -hmm. Um and I think I've recognized like the the progression of my reading went from like kind of like the spirituality of things to kind of the psychology of things, uh, which is like the self-helps and like how to be motivated, how to be a good manager, etc. to then now I'm in like the, um, like the science of it. Like I'm looking at the brain and quantum physics and like all that stuff, and it's kind of just like putting everything into perspective for me. Um, so yeah, I really like reading brain books. Um, so for you, I would I would definitely recommend checking out um, the Bitcoin Standard first if, if you want to read about Bitcoin. It's like a very comprehensive book to read. Um, but then check out. Uh, Another Joe, Joe Dispenza, he's got great books on on the brain and like breaking the habit of being yourself, which is a super interesting uh, book. And he has other ones like Placebo, yeah, and some other stuff. It's funny
0: you say that. I started off with more so uh spiritual side of the reading. You know, I uh, <clears throat> shout out to uh, Mike. Used to go as Mike Stud, favorite artist of all time. Oh yeah. Uh, I uh, started just because of him by listening to his podcast, The uh, YNK.
1: hmm
0: started off with the seven spiritual halls of success. And dude, I'll tell you, that book transformed the way I think and, you know, how I interpret things, how I interpret others. Uh, and it was just such a – it made me realize, like, damn, you know, because when I was in high school, I was so fucking narrow-minded. And, you know, there's times where I'm stubborn and there's times where – You know, it's either my way or the highway, but that's just, that's just Joe Pavone. And that's just how I am when it comes to, you know, me doing me and what I want for myself. But that book really opened up a better and a newer perspective to a world that I, you know, I guess I really didn't realize, you know, a side of me that I didn't see was there. And, you know, it went back to me reading more and different books. And then I realized like self-perception and self-earning is huge, you know and your self-perception, self-perception is, you know, based upon one's views of your mental or physical attributes, and I took that, and now I write religiously. I write affirmations. Um, I write about the highs, you know, the lows, the in-betweens, all that kind of stuff, and it's just, it it like, what reading does for you, and I think, you know, back on the whole schooling thing where they teach you all this bullshit that you don't need, and, you know, I, I'm not knocking school, you know, so people people go to school, and You know, you go for what you go for and some people enjoy it. Some people go for all the wrong reasons and they come out and out of college for four years and like, okay, what the fuck do I do now? (laughs) You know, not saying you're going to have it all figured out because hell, I don't have anything figured out. You know, I, I run this podcast just because I love networking. I love meeting people. I love, you know, making deals with people. I love collaborating. I just love the whole aspect of the entertainment business and so on and so forth. But like, you know, you have these people that come out of school and they're like, what the fuck do I do now? And I think, well, puts this this stamp on people and you know everyone's a cookie cutter and they tell you to do this this and this and this or you won't be successful and I was that kind of guy like okay fuck you you know I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do I'm gonna read what I want to read you know I could give a shit less about Shakespeare and Romeo and Juliet you know I don't care it's not me you know so when I started reading it opened a lot of doors for me mentally and believe it or not physically like I talked about the physical attributes when it comes to self-perception and stuff
1: yeah of course No, I mean, kudos, first of all, kudos to you. And like, let me commend you because you're, first of all, 20 years old and you're so ahead of the curve. Like, I feel like I only really started getting into, you know, thinking that there's more out there and reading and, you know, building myself up when I was like, maybe 25, 24, maybe. I I don't know. So like, much later than you. So, I mean, I commend you. For, for taking the time to, to do that and recognize that. Appreciate it.
0: Well, I, I saw it as like, you know, because my high school background, my schooling background, I mean, it was fine. You know, grade-wise, it was fine, but I didn't talk to anybody. And, you know, I, I still don't because I felt that the information that I had to give was on a greater purpose. And I feel like I could connect With people who are on the same wavelength wavelength as me, such as yourself, you know, I'm very, very particular what guests have on my show. You know, I just don't go out and send DMs to anybody. You know, at the end of the day, who I have on this show and who I speak with and what information I like to give out there for my listeners reflects back on me because it's my podcast. Right, of course. With that being said, you know, I was like back on school. I was never a guy to go out. I don't party i don't drink you know i've, I've never smoked I, it's just it's just not me and i feel like yeah there's a lot of people that go through that stage and if you want to go through that stage and if you did and if you're there fine awesome do you bro you know but like i feel like there's a greater purpose out there than drinking there's a greater purpose out there than smoking there's a greater purpose than just you know getting wasted on a friday night and let's say on a saturday night and being home yeah. sunday and feeling like shit on monday for work you know i there's a greater purpose out there, and you know I can get into this, and I can get deep into this, and I can give you my thoughts and my ideas. But realistically, bro, we have one life and one life to live. And if you wanna waste it, you know, your twenties—let's say you know twenty to twenty-four to twenty-five—and you're like partying and drinking, and you get to your thirties, and you're like, damn, okay, well, I gotta start now, or I'm gonna be fucked. And you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, knocking anybody for doing it. If you do it, great. But I'm just saying I have such a different perspective on it. And I never, ever fit in high school. Now, I believe that's why I never talked to anybody. You know, I wasn't, mm. old, but, you know, I feel like a lot of people on this podcast, such as yourself, uh, Vic Blends, I had him on. Casey Jost, you know, um, Joe DeRosa, I, I could go on for days and days. David Meltzer, these guys were dedicated to their goals and they were dedicated to their dreams. And um,
1: are you familiar with Vic Blends? You know what? Yeah, he's the guy who does uh haircuts. I think yeah. I've seen his video. He'll, like, pull random people off the street. Yeah. And, yeah, off the streets.
0: Yeah, yeah. But um, I had him on back in uh February, so about a year ago now. And he was telling me, he was like, bro, he's like, I dropped my girl I was with. I just grinded in that garage, and I did me. And now the dude is, like, I don't know, I think, like, 8 million followers on TikTok and, like, 1.2 on Instagram. But now that, that means anything. But, you know, the kid came from Fayetteville, North Carolina, about an hour away from uh I lived. I lived in North Carolina for a few, about 10 10- years. Okay. And um, like the dude came from, you know, nothing and he, he built himself up just because of how dedicated he was. But uh, the next question I had to ask you, brother, you know, we talked about self-perception and self-learning. What are your thoughts on your self-perception? When did you realize like, because I mean, you said at 25, but when did you really take the reins and, you know, say like, okay, I'm going to teach myself this because society is not going to teach me this. When did you take the reins to really, you know, understand and comprehend that there's more out there?
1: You know, it's funny. I, I actually think about this a lot because um, I feel like I've always like felt a certain way and like recognized that like certain things never added up. But the external environment always told me otherwise. Like like you're saying, you go to school and it's very cookie cutter. And I'm like, ah, oh, but like I feel like there's something more to this. But then, you know, you got teachers that are like, do this work like this is what you need. These are the steps to what you need to do. And here's the next step level like you got to prepare for college then you got to get the job after college and I think I just started recognizing relatively recently like within the last few years that you know not everybody understands your experience they're kind of disillusioned to the American dream of things and you know also like what you were saying with drinking and, and all that it's like Some people treat that shit like their personality, like it's not a personality trait, like people just get so consumed in how much they can drink, the nice house they live in, the nice car, like the women or men that they get. And it's just like, that's such surface level stuff. And there's so much, you know, this world is just like built on a lot of distractions, right? So you know you you got to weave through that and figure out what's really important to you and like what matters to you at the core and and really like what makes you genuinely happy like you know people are like oh i'd rather cry in a ferrari you know that that's yeah day. i'd rather car- cry in a ferrari than a honda but it's like if you're miserable then you're miserable what's exactly. the point in that like I'd much rather be driving with my friends in a broken down Honda with the sh- the sun shining on my face and being happy like I don't know. So I you know I'd I'd rather just work on like my my own mental health and you know really doing things that make me happy and excited and like making sure I'm staying true to that rather than like oh am I doing this because I know how people react to it? Am I doing this because I know it'll get me attention? Am I doing this because I know this will sell, you know? So like, I just like to, to keep myself in check with that type of stuff. How do you take what you learn and your knowledge and
0: how do you portray it on, you know, people you love or ones around you?
1: Um, I mean, I, I often will like bring up stuff I've read in conversation. I recognize that some of the books I read are like kind of heady and it's like quantum physics and like energy and meditation and like the functions of the brains. And of course you're going to have those friends that just like are not trying to hear that shit, you know? Yeah. Like they do just want to just rip shots or like stick something (laughs) up their nose. So like, you just have to recognize who, who you're talking to, but eventually you'll find, you'll find like your people, you'll find the people that are receptive to that. And you, you know, you can have those conversations with them. And I think that's, what's really cool about what you're doing is like you're directly connecting with the people who are creative um and like in this this space where they are interested in like self-progress and education and self-development and all that so you know i know you said you didn't really talk to people in high school but it's like now look what you're doing like you're contacting probably some people you've never met before or talked to and you're having full-blown like intimate conversations with so that's that's like tremendous i love it you know and i i try and
0: on everybody that listens you know I truly like think everybody should go out there and start a podcast you know or not even start a podcast but Mm -hmm. go out there and connect with people that you feel are on your same wavelength because you know this idea goes around that like you know everybody's equal and i i understand that to a point you know of course yeah but like are we really though you know because everybody and i tell you everybody has different dreams and goals so are we really equal you know some people's goals could be to buy a house and start a family and others can be to travel across, you know, all the way to, over to LA and meet the biggest stars and be a movie star. So, you know, it, it creates that question of like, who are we and what value can we bring to the world? And I really think that's what we're here for is to bring value to others and also create memories and, you know, truly just live life, man. And, you know, take one day at a time and, you know, be the best version that you can be. But I got one more question before we go here today, brother. Sure. What advice could you give to the young generation out there of entrepreneurs, of artists, of people who are, you know, looking at their self-perception and, you know, they're, they're trying to self-earn, but they just feel distant and they don't know what
1: to do. Ooh, that is a large question. I, I, well, you know, you were talking about everybody's different and I, I want everybody to like embrace that they're different. I feel like people stray away from talking about how we're different when it really is something that should be like celebrated and talked about because there's so much to learn from that. And I think people want to be like one end of the spectrum or the other end of the spectrum. When I think everything is like a sliding scale and I just think people need to do what works for them. And I know that's easier said than done, but you know, there's going to be outside voices. There's going to be people who think they know what your best interest is. They're going to say things that worked for them, but really there's only going to be one thing that works for you. And I think it was like a, I don't know who said this, but it's a saying that it's like, if you give a fish the task of climbing a tree, it's going to be like it's stupid. And it's just like, yeah, because that's not what it does. Like it's a, it's a water animal. So it's like, we all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. So you can't be, you know, like you were saying before cookie cutting and then expect people to fit this, this design when that's just like not how it's supposed to be. So I I wish people would just try things, do what works for them and try your best to just ignore what others have to say. Um because I feel like that's, you know, you're just like you're letting them suck the joy out of, you know, your trial and error. Like you, you can fail forward. Like that's very much yeah. a thing.
0: It is most definitely, Joe. I love it, dude. You're the man. Just not, not just because we have the same, but. Dude, this <laughs> this conversation was good, bro. I loved it every minute of it, dude. Thank you so much
1: for on the show today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I know we had a ton of technical difficulties, but we uh we prevailed. <laughs> we did. We did, dude. Uh, before we go here today, shout out your Instagram. Shout out what you got. Shout out your Open Everything. Hit me with oh, it. Oh, I don't even know my Open Um, I think my Instagram is underscore Joe underscore T T E E, and then an underscore at the end um I, yeah, and maybe if you bio. search my name on openc you might be able to
0: find it yeah, it's also in your instagram bio i so. saw
1: okay yeah, yeah so you could probably figure it out from that but yeah i mean i'm kind of quiet on social media just for my my mental health but i do try and like share things here and there um but yeah thank you for having me i appreciate it i enjoyed our conversation
0: absolutely man thank you so much for coming on
1: yeah of course